When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. The Michigan baseball team was selected for the NCAA tournament and we'll discuss their draw. Plus, some football and basketball recruiting news, who's visiting campus, who's not, and more. Coming up on Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, good to talk with you. You know, I heard from from some listeners that said I sounded a little different last week. I did have a bit of a cold. I don't know. I'm still still a little stuffed up, I suppose. So to be honest, you sound worse today than you did <laughs> last week. Yeah, I think you sounded that bad last week, but today you seem extra stuffy, but kind of still sound all right. Time of day, you know, I guess whatever. Anyway, we've got uh we've got some few different topics to talk about, a few different sports. Uh we'll start with the baseball team. And as we were kind of joking before we we hit record here, in, in some cases, you can just take a lot of what we said about the softball team after their draw and just replace it with baseball team. You know, right? As you noted in your story, there there were a, a lot of similarities between the the two programs. You know, kind of season and then NCAA tournament selection and then just sort of everything. So I guess I guess kind of give us a you know quick recap on on where things stand. For the Michigan baseball team. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. It was like deja vu from a couple of weeks ago with the, the softball selection show. And I mean, just like softball, only three Big Ten baseball teams made the tournament, uh, which was even fewer than Conference USA. Um, not ideal for a Power Five program. But yeah, I mean, Michigan was one of the final four teams that that got in according to the committee. So, uh, I mean, softball was more sweating if they would host a regional or not. Right. I mean, they were kind of a lot to get in where baseball was kind of like, we're sweating just to get in because we, I mean, they finished third in the big 10 at 27 and 17. And yeah, like, like softball, they weren't able to play non-conference games this year. So um, every big 10 teams, RPIs took the big hit and um, luckily they were able to kind of squeeze in and, and they're heading to a a pretty tough regional. They're, they're seated at, at Notre Dame, the host, um, and Utah and Central Michigan are also in the in the region. So um, they're Michigan's the number three seed there, and they'll open against number two seed two seed Yukon at seven p.m. Friday. If you're Big Ten commissioner like Kevin Warren, are you sick of the complaining? Because like I feel like that's all he's heard the last like I don't know nine it, it is, months. Yeah, it is. it's a, unlike unlike softball coach Terrell Hutchins. I mean baseball. Coach Eric Batch has kind of carried a, a different tone toward the toward the committee, basically saying like, I mean, he believes Michigan's a top sixty four team in the country, but he would have understood if the committee left them out because the Big Ten did this to themselves and punished themselves by forcing teams to play a, a conference only schedule. But I mean, Batch has understood more a little bit of why. I mean, the with the travel cost and kind of keeping things more regional, it, it also saved a lot of money for these schools this year, but. Um, yeah, not playing as many games as, as these other top conferences and only playing Big Ten competition definitely hurt them. And just like softball, like the, the Big Ten champion, Nebraska, did not get a host seat in baseball either. So all the Big Ten teams are traveling to regionals and only three got in, uh, which isn't great for the conference. Let's just say that. Yeah, I may have uh, 
you know, kind of overstated maybe some of the, the similarities. I mean, yeah, softball was like disappointed that they, they weren't hosting. Michigan wasn't, you know, disappointed really. It, it didn't seem like, um, you know, by, by uh, their, their draw necessarily. It was more like, you know, as you said, you know, they were irked by, you know, just the big 10 only schedule or whatever. And the fact that it was it just, you know, it, it maybe put them in this situation, but here they are. You got to now go out and, you know, prove you belonged, I guess, I guess, you know, like, like you said, it's sort of a local, local flavor with, you know, Notre Dame, the long kind of long time, you know, rival in many sports and, and central Michigan there too. Yeah. Any early insights on what, what this uh, little pod will be like for Michigan and, and, you know, their chances of, of getting out of it. Yeah, I mean, Notre Dame is the number 10 overall seed in the country, and they won the ACC regular season title and are 30 and 11 overall. Um, so, I mean, and the ACC is a, a very solid conference, so they're a, a very, very good team. Uh, UConn also had a good year at 33 and 17 overall and, and winning the Big, Big East regular season and conference tournament title. And look out for those Central Michigan Chippewas, man. I mean, they're in the tournament for a, a second straight season after rolling to a MAC title. I mean, 40 wins this year. So, I mean, even on the Selection Show telecast, they said, yeah, Central's going to be a tough out too. So, they said this is one of the, the most balanced, toughest regionals. I mean, Michigan in 2019, when they made their mm-hmm. run, they were one of the little final teams in too and were able to go on that miraculous run to the College World Series final. Um, but again, Bakich mentioned this yesterday, or yesterday too, when we spoke with them. I mean, that year they were able to play these non-conference teams early. You cited a, a, a series against Texas Tech where they got whacked for three games straight, opened their eyes to, hey, we have to get a lot better. Um, and they kind of worked towards that throughout the Big Ten season. And they faced them again in the College World Series, beat them twice to advance to the final. Um, so they kind of had that measuring stick early on, something to work towards. In the Big Ten, I mean, yeah, like Nebraska solid. Indiana's solid, Maryland's solid, but uh, it's to not really gauge against any other team like from, from the South or, right. or West Coast, it's kind of tough to, to see. But this is a lot different team than 2019. I mean, they're, they're still an older group because they have so many graduate transfers they brought in. Um, I mean, they have a really deep lineup and two really good starters. So we'll, we'll see. It just doesn't seem like they put it all together at the same time this year. I mean, they've won games like 17 to eight and they, they would put up nearly 20 runs once in a while, but then like this past weekend against Nebraska, their bats went cold, uh, only storing a few runs in, in the three game series. So uh, we'll, we'll see if they can get hot at the right time. Uh, I definitely would not predict them to be the favorite coming out, out of this regional, but um, again, with with this group and with 17 players still on the roster from from that 2019 team, but not a lot of the key contributors, we'll see if they can rekindle some of that magic that they had two years ago. The Central Michigan team had 40 wins, a series win over a ranked West Virginia team, and they almost beat Notre Dame earlier this year. So look out for them. I'm not saying they're going to win, <laughs> yeah. but I, I think they're going to be competitive. I think this will be fun, a fun region to watch. I mean, we, we know that Michigan, Notre Dame can play, CMU can play. Um, you know, UConn's kind of the wild card, but like it should be fun baseball. And I think we've talked about this in years past, but like Northern baseball, especially in the college, you know, the college game, always gets a bad rap. And now it's time for them to. I mean, they, they can complain all day about the region, the seating, and whatever. But now it's the time to prove themselves, win the win the region, get out of it, and and make a run. So it should be it should be a fun weekend of baseball. Yeah, and for Michigan, I mean, they don't have to travel very far. The softball team had to tr- travel across the country. Michigan kind of lucked out here, only having to go a few hours to to Indiana um, to play. So that that should help them too limit limit their travel. And we'll see uh, we'll see if they can uh, make a little bit of a run here. 
Yeah, when, I mean, when you say deep lineup and you know a couple of really good pitchers, I mean, I I certainly start thinking of that twenty nineteen with twenty nineteen team with Criswell and Kaufman, and right. uh, I guess they had they had a third guy too. Um, yeah, Tommy Henry. Henry, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. So there's that, but you know, okay, sometimes that's you know that's all you, that that can get you you know through this uh, you know first first set of games at least. So yeah. I mean, they led the 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 Big Ten in scoring this year, and they finished third in ERA. So like, mm-hmm. I mean, when, when, like they proved that they can pitch and they can score runs. It's just doing that, putting those together, and doing it consistent consistently. Now that uh, there's more on the line is will be will be key. I mean, mission end of the year. The last three series were against the first, second, and fourth place teams in the Big Ten. So they, I mean, they got they got to tune up. They only went eight and ten down the stretch. Um, so they didn't finish well, but but they did play tougher competition toward the end of the season. So we'll see if that that helps them or or, or hurts them. We'll will be tough to tell. So we know. I mean, they're playing Friday. Is the time based on when that first game ends, or it's it's? I, I don't think so. The first game enough. doesn't end or doesn't or starts at one, and their oh, game okay. is only scheduled at seven. So I don't think there's unless there's a like True, an eighteen uh, day game night or doubleheader. Something. Yeah. Right. All right. Gotcha. So they'll split up. All right. So they'll face they'll face Connecticut. Uh, the, the word, the word manual bold, if you will, <laughs> on ESPN three. Okay. Uh, oh. Well, yes. Well, have to, looks like you have to stream it. Yes. There you go. All right. Well, uh, unless you got anything else on the baseball team, we can we can move on to the other sports. Let's move we, on. Yeah, we, I think we covered it. All right. Yes. Yeah, so we've got recruiting news uh, in various sports. We can start with football. I guess just sort of setting the scene in general. Today is is June first as we record. And the ban on, you know, in-person recruiting, be that, you know, visits to prospects' homes or schools or whatever, or prospects coming to campus is over. Uh, it's, you know, it's been lifted. This is the first day that, uh, you know, kids can can finally uh, visit. And, uh, you know, I know in, in, in some cases in basketball, that will be that will be happening today and, and football, maybe, too. Yeah, you guys can can kind of fill me in on on the names to watch and sort of what's what's happening now as as you know the calendar turns to June and um, you know some restrictions have been lifted. It, it it is lifted today. In fact, Mike Norville, the head coach at Florida State, there's a video on social media of him literally opening the doors to the football facility in Tallahassee at 12:01 a.m. this morning. <laughs> there were recruits and their families literally came in. Then the coaching staff was waiting for them. It's been what 15 months now or so, yeah, give or take, nearly 15 months. Yeah. Yeah, so like this is a long time coming. Coaches can finally actually leave the facilities and go to camps and see these kids in person and kids can come to campus and visit, you know, at the direction of the coaches and they can inter- interact and, you know, in, in person because before it's been all it's all been all Zoom, Zoom and phone calls and video messaging and the like. So now it's all in person again, at least for this month. Um, you know, Michigan's coaching staff are, are going to go back on the camp too. I wrote a story about it this morning at MLive.com. Uh, you know, when Jim Harbaugh first got here, the satellite camps were the big deal. Obviously, he was crisscrossing the country, going to different schools and cities to see some of these kids. Well, they're going to be at, back at it to some degree this month. Uh, in fact, Michigan's coaching staff is hitting uh, the Eastern Michigan uh, camp this afternoon in Ypsilanti. They're going to be down in Georgia at Mercer, uh, a school Harbaugh has been to before. Uh, they're at Ferris State later this week. They'll be at Wayne State next week. They got camps coming up in Ann Arbor. So it's going to be a busy time. And, and yeah, we will. there's going to be several big-time recruits coming. There's They're going to be visiting. Coaches are going to be going to see them at camps. This is going to be a crucial month, I think we've talked about in the last few weeks, for Michigan's new look kind of recruiting department to kind of, kind of get a feel and, and kind of 
you know, to build some momentum on what they've been able to do so far. Yeah, I mean, Michigan is in a little bit of a lull right now as on the recruiting trail. I mean, they haven't received a, a commitment since April 20th. So, yeah, like like Aaron said, this is a pivotal month for them. And uh, I mean, they're going to have prospects visiting um, throughout throughout the every weekend in June. But, I mean, their, their big one is June 18th, the weekend of June 18th, their big victors weekend, where about 20 prospects will, will be taking their officials uh, including five-star defensive tackler Walter Nolan. Uh, he's a, a top, top, top target for them, a, a top two or three overall prospect in the 2022 class. And they have four-star wide receiver target from Portland, Darius Clemens visiting, Justice, Justice Finkley, a, a four-star defensive end from Alabama coming that weekend. Um, plus, most of Michigan's top commits who are already in the fold will be there, so trying to put their recruiting hats on and, and get some of these other guys targets to, uh, to join them. I mean, Michigan needs a, a big month here. They need to, to kind of perform well and do well with, with these recruits and, and develop these relationships is that they still have a, a lot of holes to fill here in this 2022 class. While we're on the topic of recruiting to in camps and the like, Michigan is also planning to go to Florida later this month. They're going to go to the Pacific Northwest, going back to LA I think they're going to Memphis too, if I'm not mistaken. Tennessee, yeah, I was looking for that one. I couldn't find it, but I, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, they're going to be all over the place, and that some of these areas are familiar. I mean, Michigan's been to Georgia before, as I said. Um, you know, they've been they they liked South Florida, the West Coast, as we've talked about. Courtney Morgan, the new director of player personnel, has a lot of ties out there and connections. So they're going to be. It, it almost sort of feels like Jim Harbaugh's first couple of years here at Michigan, where they were going all over the place across the country and trying to you know spread the Michigan brand and kind of get their faces in front of as many kids as possible because you know with, with a new look coaching staff revamped recruiting department um, Michigan's clearly going to have a, a different philosophy here and I'm curious here over the next couple of months how this whole this whole thing shakes out yeah I mean and it's not it's not all positive right now either I mean there's there's a little bit of concern going on right now I mean uh, Michigan's prize five-star cornerback commit Will Johnson on uh, Gross Point North our uh, gross point South. I'm sorry. He's uh, taking an official visit to, to USC this month. And I mean, if you remember, I mean, USC was one of the schools that was going hard out their hand. They USC landed other five-star cornerback Damani Jackson in the cycle. And I mean, early on Jackson and, and Will Johnson both said that they were kind of a, a package deal, but once Michigan or Johnson chose Michigan and, and Jackson chose USC, it's that didn't really seem inevitable, but it looks like USC is continuing to push hard for, for will. And I mean, I, I still think Michigan is, is in the lead here and still, still holds a firm commitment, but just the fact that he's taken a, an official out there and visiting there for a second time, is a little bit concerning for, for Wolverines fans. I'm sure they've had a few other top targets that I thought they were had a, a chance at landing, cancel their, their visits for June, which I mean, it's never a good sign. I um, mean, they've had a, a few guys do it, but some notable ones are Indianapolis four-star defensive end, Joe Strickland and uh, Marquise Groves, Tillabrew, a high four-star, cornerback from from down south that's committed to Georgia right now but he said he was still planning on on visiting Michigan but doesn't doesn't look like that's the case anymore so uh, we'll, we'll see if kind of Michigan can right the ship this month and remember they still need a quarterback in the 2022 class they need some more defensive backs defensive linemen they still need a few more receivers so I mean it's it should be a an interesting uh rest of the 2022 cycle 
you're going to see, especially this year, I think you're going to see a lot of kids take visits just to take visits. And that's not to say it wasn't happening before, but with so much canceled and a lot of these kids unable to get to campuses to see firsthand things, I, I do think they're going to be more or less taking advantage of some of these schools on free visits, you know, for trips and just to, just to do it. Because a lot of these kids, they didn't get it last year. They just didn't go through the process. And, and, and I know a lot of parents and they want, they want to, they want to see it themselves and the kids want to. So you're going to see a lot of that, a lot of money being spent by these schools, you know, as they expected to, and as they usually do anyway. But um, just because it takes a school or takes a visit to a school, you know, I don't think that holds as much water as maybe it did a couple of years ago. But we'll see. Uh, it's Michigan's got a lot of things to do. They got a lot of relationships to mend and, you know, folks to reconnect with. And that takes time, especially with a new coaching staff and, and new just kind of new recruiting philosophy and, and everything else. Because remember, when when key when key assistants leave, you've got, you've either got to go a different direction with some in, in recruiting, or you've got to try and sway a kid who is already leaning your way to begin with. And that's difficult because a lot of times kids commit to schools, as we all know, because of a coach, whether it was an assistant who we talked to all the time or a head coach who was who was there. So it's it's gonna take some time. They're gonna lose out some battles. But again, as, as I've said, this is their time to kind of develop their identity and and, and say who they are and and go across the country and find who who they, who they really want to play in Michigan. I know, I just know from, you know, talking to some of these, you know, basketball prospects, how, you know, going back to even last year, how, you know, disappointing in some cases it was that they, you know, couldn't get on campus and, you know, some took the initiative to just sort of, you know, drive through on their own, you know, with their parents or whatever, but yeah, certainly not the same as actually interacting with these, these coaches in, in person and, or even just seeing the actual facilities too, that they're right, getting be. in <laughs> exactly getting inside the, the buildings and all that. So uh, yeah, you can get a feel for the town or whatever, but yeah, it's a whole, whole different game. Yeah. As I said, you know, Michigan basketball will have uh, be taking advantage of this as well. You know, just today, June 1st, um, you know, Ty Rogers from uh, Grand Blanc. That's how you pronounce it, right? No, Grand Blanc. Grand it's Blank. Grand Blanc. Yes. Uh, gosh, oh. darn it. I've outed myself as a non-Michigander. Uh, yeah. Okay. So he's, you know, local player, uh, you know, top top 50 player, um, you know, in the, in the class. Um, he'll be, you know, he's supposed to be visiting, uh, starting his visit today. Uh, and, you know, the class being, you know, 2022. So, they'll, you know, these kids are going into their, you know, wrapping up their junior years now and then, you know, going into their senior years. Uh, we've got, you know, at least four others that have, you know, scheduled, you know, visits publicly, I guess, at least. Uh, Jaden Bradley being the highest ranked among them. He's he's number nine player in the in the class point guard. Uh, he's supposed to visit, you know, this coming this coming weekend. Donovan Klingen, who I've, I've written about before, um, you know, from Connecticut you know, seven footer has a visit for mid month, uh, Doug McDaniel, another point guard, Seth Trimble, a point guard. There are who else did I miss anyone? I think that's it. Rogers, Bradley, Klingon, Trimble, Trimble, and McDaniel. Yeah. So that's, that's five. Um, they're, you know, they're all in the top 100 as is the case with pretty much every player that, you know, Jawan Howard is going after. So, um, you see these lists of, you know, here's my top 15, here's my top eight or whatever, when you take a visit, it means a lot more. I mean, I know, you know, what Aaron said about, you know, guys will be eager to take visits, but you're still limited in the number of official visits you can take. So if you're, if you're taking one to a school, you're, you know, you're serious about them. And, you know, the school is serious about you too, because, you know, the offers are made sometimes, uh, you know, some are more, uh, 
mean a little more than others. So, um, yeah, you, you know, if a guy's taking an official visit that there's, you know, there's, there's some, there's some smoke there. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what, what, what happens with, with Michigan, with this 2022 class, they don't have anyone committed yet on the basketball side, uh, you know, but they've locked in, um, you know, they've already, they've got the number one class for 2021, uh, coming in, they will, they will be on campus, uh, later this month, um, for, you know, for all of them, for the, for, well, not all of the first time some have been, you know, for camps or whatever in, in the past, but yeah, first time together as a, as a group and, you know, meeting, meeting this coaching staff, uh, you know, at least in the last couple of years. So, um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be a big, big month for recruiting. We got anything else to talk about? We hit on baseball, as we said, we've hit on basketball and football recruiting. That sums it up this this on this beautiful Tuesday afternoon. There we go. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Wolverine Confidential Podcast. <laughs>